0: All right, well, hey, some of you are new and you're like, what in the world does this have anything to do with Jesus or really anything for that matter? All right, well, hang on uh, just a second. Before we jump in, because we are starting a new series today called Fishing, uh, I want to say to us really quickly hey, um, if you were here last week, I talked a little bit about all of the serving opportunities uh, that we've got going on this summer. We have a lot going on. this summer where we are trying to be a presence in our community, bring the gospel uh, to our community. And so uh, out there in the lobby are all kinds of things that you can sign up for. VBX, uh, if you're new, uh, VBX is what we just call Extreme Vacation Bible School. We're doing that. We're doing it here at the forum, but we're also having a, a three days in June, 24 through 26, where we're doing VBX at Walkertown. If you want to be a part of either of those, you need to sign up for that today. You can do that out there. You can sign up to help with our booth at the Perry County Fair that's coming up in about two weeks, I think, or even less than that. You can do all of that out there in the lobby after church, all right? Now, uh, one more thing, one more thing, and I know that we're going to hear something about this at the main end, but listen, middle school, high school students, lean in for a second. Tonight, tonight is the grand opening event at our new student building in Christopher, okay? That's at the, uh, the old FedEx property. The address is 145 Century Circle. Tonight, they are starting, our student ministry storm is starting big summer nights, and that's a big event every single Sunday night. This summer, at six o'clock, it's big so that you can bring your friends. Every Sunday is different. Listen, if you have never been to storm, or it's been a long time, you want to go tonight, Trust me, it's gonna be massive. It's at our new student building. So listen, if you're a middle school student, high school student, listen, the worst decision you'll make is to not be there. I promise, get there tonight if you can, all right? Hey, listen, uh, before we jump in, I wanna pray so that we can uh, really hear everything that God wants to say to us today. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning and God, what you're gonna do. This morning in this series, uh, as we start talking about fishing, Father, I pray that, God, you would move in a strong way. I thank you for how you've already worked, uh, God, as we worship you in song. Uh, God, just so cool and awesome to hear voices lifted up and see people raising their hands and worship to you. And so, God, I pray that you would just continue to speak to us this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. Hey, before we dive in, just something that I want you, I need you to know later on for this sermon, because this sermon we're all going to get involved in a minute. If you have a phone, keep it handy. All right. Got a phone. It's all I want to say. Some source that can give out light. Keep it handy. Everybody's going to play a part in the sermon in a minute. But today we are launching a four week series that I've been so excited about for the past several weeks. Um, we're starting a brand new series today called Fishing and I just have to be honest with you and tell you up front as we start our series about fishing. I don't fish. Okay? Now some of you are not shocked, and others I don't know if you know me well enough, you shouldn't be shocked, but I don't fish. And there's several reasons why I don't fish because I wouldn't I would get the hook stuck in me somewhere. I've seen that happen to people. I don't want that to happen to me. Fish smell awful, like they do, and they're nasty and they're gross. But here's the thing: I would eat fish. Okay, but I won't go fishing. So if, you, but if, so if you like to fish, listen, you invite me over, I will eat the fish, but I can't do the work because I just not, just got to be honest, I'm not a fisherman, okay? Now, with that said, raise your hands if you would consider yourself or you like to go fishing every once in a while. Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. Most hands in the room. That's exactly what I thought. So listen, don't write me off because I said I'm not a fisherman because I do have a fishing story. You want to hear it? Of course you do. Doesn't matter. I got the mic. When I was little, my dad took me and my cousins fishing one time. And so here we are, we're at Carfork Lake. We're fishing and cast out, feel something. I've got, I've got something, man. I've got the biggest catch ever. That's going to be amazing. Reel it in and I caught a dead fish, right? So listen, after that, I figured, hey, you know what? That's awesome that I can catch dead things. I quit. I just walked away from fishing right there because you can't talk Catching a dead fish, right? But listen, so here's what we're gonna do in this series. In this series today, we're talking about bait, right? We're gonna talk about about the best bait today for the biggest catch. Next week, oh my goodness, you do not wanna miss next week. Next week, we're talking about your tackle box and what you need to have in your tackle box. Really, you need to only have two things in your tackle box. We're gonna tell you what those two things are next week. Week after that, week three of this series, we're gonna talk about the best spots to fish, and it's going to be an awesome, awesome, awesome day. The best spots to fish, and listen, in four weeks, okay, the last part of this series, that's June 28th, listen to me, if you say that Summit is your church, like you pray for this church, you're invested in this church, if Summit is your church, do yourself a favor, do not miss June 28th, all right? That's all I'm going to say about it, but if Summit is your church, maybe you're not here today, you're listening to the podcast, you're out at the the beach because summer's kicked in. You want to be here on June 28th, all right? But we're not there yet today. We're talking about bait. Maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking exactly what I said a minute ago. Man, what in the world does this have anything to do with Jesus? This doesn't sound spiritual at all. We're talking about bait? We're talking about tackle boxes? What in the world, Mark, does this have anything to do with what God wants for my life? Well, I'm glad you asked because if you got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter four, and here's our theme verse for the whole series. Right after this, we're going to read Matthew 4:18 through 22. but I want to read us our theme verse for the fishing series, and our theme verse that's going to drive off four weeks is Matthew chapter four, verse 19. should be on the screen here in just a second. And it said this and it says this. And he said to them, "Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men." Jesus is talking to guys, we're gonna see who they are in just a second, but Jesus says, hey, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Listen, that might not make sense. I mean, you're saying that and you're, you're hearing that and you're thinking, what in the world does that even mean? Let's try to help it make sense by reading the entire thing in context, okay? So if you've got a Bible, open up on your phone or whatever, Matthew 4, now we're gonna read the whole paragraph starting in verse 18 down through verse 22. It says this, While walking by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately, everybody say immediately. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them immediately. Everybody say immediately. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee, and he sees Simon and Andrew, and later on, James and John. All four of those men are professional fishermen. I mean, that's what they did for a living. That's, that's how they paid their bills. They were fishermen, and Jesus sees these guys on the sea. They're out doing their job. They're fishing, and Bible scholars don't know the length of the relationship they might have had prior to this, but Jesus, it seems, just from the page reading, Jesus walks up to these guys stone cold. They've never met, but they apparently sense something great about Jesus, they know that there's something bigger than, about Jesus than, than, than has been true of anybody they've ever met before. And Jesus walks up to Simon and Peter and James and John, and he says, follow me, and you won't get, just catch fish anymore. Because if you follow me, I will make you into fishers of men. Now what does that mean, to be a fisher of men? Well, what does it mean when Jesus says, I will make you a fisher of Of men. Well, it's really what Jesus means is a word that we we don't use a lot, but we talk about it all the time, even though we might not use the word. When Jesus says that he's going to make them, and by extension you and I, into fishers of men, Jesus is talking about something called evangelism. Jesus is talking about something called evangelism. He's talking about how you and I can live on mission for him. He's talking about evangelism. Now, maybe you're new to church and you're thinking, man, I think that I've heard that word, but I don't know what evangelism means. What is evangelism? Well, it's really simple. Evangelism is simply telling people about Jesus and giving them the opportunity to respond. That's it. That's it. It's telling people about Jesus and giving them an opportunity to respond. It's telling and giving, telling and giving, telling them about Jesus and giving them an opportunity to respond. And see, I've been in this church game long enough to know that there's somebody in the room, and perhaps there's a lot of you, you're in the room right now, and you can already tell this is a sermon about evangelism. And listen, this isn't just a sermon about evangelism, it's a whole series about evangelism. How can we become fishers of men? And see, here's what happens in churches when we start to use the E word, and we talk about evangelism, there's somebody in the room, and you're thinking this, I don't do that. Oh, listen, that freaks me out, I don't do that. Other people do that. Other people's personalities are more leaning towards evangelism. Mark, I'm not one of those people, so I don't do that. I'm afraid I'll say the wrong thing. I'm afraid I might mess it up. I'm just scared of it in general. Listen, evangelism is something that I don't do. Other people can do it, but it's not my thing. Well, see, here's the problem with that. If you're sitting here, if you're sitting there and you've already given yourself a permission slip to ignore this entire sermon series, notice this. Jesus says, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus walks up to these guys, and he says, follow me. He extends an invitation for them to begin a relationship with him, and as soon as they say yes to Jesus, watch this, the very first thing Jesus says to them is, now I'm going to make you a fisher of men. See, the biggest reason that Jesus saves anybody isn't to get them out of hell. I hope you know that. The biggest reason that Jesus saves us isn't So that we don't have to go to hell for eternity and we can spend eternity with him in heaven. Now listen, is that a big reason? It absolutely is, but it's not the biggest reason. See, the very fact that these guys start a relationship with Jesus and the first thing he says to them is, I'm going to make you into fishers of men. It shows us that one of the main reasons Jesus saves anybody is so that he would make us fishers of men. It's so that we could join him on mission and he would use our lives to make a difference in the world. So nobody gets a permission slip. Nobody gets a pass on evangelism. It's something that we're all called to do, to be fishers of men. And I love what Jesus says. I love that he says, follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. I will make you A fisher of men. In other words, Jesus is gonna transform them into something they wouldn't be apart from him. Jesus is gonna transform these guys into someone that they would not be apart from him. So I gotta ask you a question this morning. Is Jesus doing that to you today? Is Jesus Christ transforming you into somebody that you wouldn't be apart from him? Say, so, well, I think that he's, I think he, I think he did that to me my life at one time. I think that happened to me one time when I was a little kid. Yeah, but now you're 50. Is Jesus transforming you into someone that you wouldn't be apart from him? Because, listen, that's what he does. He takes us and makes us into people that we wouldn't be apart from him. So ask yourself right now. Test yourself here. Think about that question and put you in that question. Is that happening to me right now? Is Jesus transforming me into somebody that I wouldn't be apart from him? Is something happening in my life right now? And the only explanation is Jesus Christ is alive inside of me. And listen, if you can't answer that in the positive, if you can't say, hey, you know what? He is doing that in my life. He is making me into somebody different. Then I think that's why God brought you here today and you're in that seat. I think that's exactly why God brought you here today to the forum so that you can hear this message and so that today you can say yes to Jesus and you can begin to follow him. Because that's what Jesus does. He makes us into people we wouldn't be without him. But see, when you think about evangelism, everybody has a bad evangelism story, don't they? everybody's got a bad evangelism story of when you said the wrong thing, somebody said the wrong thing to you, you've messed it up, somebody messed it up when they're trying to share the gospel with you. Man, listen, I could stand up here on stage all day and tell you Bad evangelism stories. In fact, let me give you one. I remember the first person I ever told about Jesus. I remember. I had been a Christian for a couple of months. I was 18 years old, and, uh, and I was at home one night. i just graduated high school, and I, and, I, and I thought to myself, you know what? I've never told anybody about Jesus yet. I should do that, man. I should tell people about Jesus so that they can be saved. And so I picked up the phone one night when I was 18 in my house, and I called this friend that I went to high school with, and I called her up, and she answers the phone, and this is exactly what I said. I promise, I will never forget it. It was like it just happened. Verbatim, this is exactly what I said. She answers the phone, hello, and this is what I said. Hey, this is Mark. I called to tell you you're going to hell. And it just went downhill from there, right? Didn't go well. The band wasn't playing softly in the background, and nobody got saved during that phone call, okay? Oh, my goodness, I can tell you stories about times people came up to me because they knew I was a Christian, and they asked me questions about Jesus, but in that moment, I got scared about what I might say or what they might think about me, so I didn't say anything at all. Have You ever done that? I have. I've got stories like that. But see, Jesus is calling you, and he's calling us to be fishers of men. And see, when it comes to evangelism and and, and telling people that story, telling people about Jesus, giving them the opportunity to respond, people don't do that because, one, they're afraid, and two, they don't know how. So we're going to try to tackle those two things over the next few weeks. And today we're going to start with bait. See, because I don't fish, but I know that bait is important. All right, I've heard word on the street that bait, matters and there's all kinds of bait you can use in the video there ricky got out the night crawlers the worms and listen i thought i was literally going to vomit i didn't really have to act much in that video because those things are nasty but see those that bait fish look at that and apparently fish look at that and say you know what i'd eat that i guess i guess that's what fish are thinking i don't know But that attracts them, that draws them in. That's the bait that they want. And listen, what I want to tell you today is I want to talk to you about the best bait that you can use to reach your friends for Christ, to reach your school, to reach where you work, to change the world for Jesus. I want to talk to you about the best bait that you can use. And so here's the big idea that I want to unpack today. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. The best bait is Jesus in you. The best bait is Jesus in you. You want to see your friends saved? You want to see your community change? You want to see your school won for Jesus? Then the world needs to see Jesus in you. And listen to me, my life and your life will either draw people to Jesus or away from Jesus. So the best bait to win anyone for Christ, the best bait to see people meet Jesus is Jesus in You. In fact, Jesus in you means three things. Jesus in you, if the world is gonna see Jesus in our lives, then they need to see three things this morning. Jesus in you means three things. First thing, first thing it means, Jesus in you means you're not who you used to be. Means we're not who we used to be. I love that when Jesus walks up to Peter and Andrew, it says this that Peter and Andrew immediately left their boats. They, they left the career that they'd always known. They left the life that they'd always known. Because what they knew instantly is as soon as they said yes to Jesus, they were different. James and John leave their career. They not only leave their career, they leave their dad. They leave their family. Because they knew that as soon as they said yes to Jesus, everything was different. Listen to me. Jesus in you doesn't mean that you're perfect, but it does mean that you're different. Jesus in you doesn't mean you're perfect, but it does mean that you're different. And the word that the Bible used for that difference that Jesus makes in our lives is the word holy. It's the word holy. Now, you might be scared of that word thinking, wow, listen, I'm not holy at all. Listen, to be holy doesn't mean to be perfect. To be holy simply means that Jesus is making you into a different person, and if that's happening, people will see it. Now, they won't see it perfectly because there's still a struggle in all of us between who we used to be, who we are now in Christ. But every once in a while, people will catch a glimpse of who we are now because of Jesus Christ in us. Jesus is going to make a difference and people will see it. And see, listen, when we talk about difference, there's good, different, there's bad, different. Isn't there? Isn't there good, different, bad, different? I mean, let's be honest. Can we be honest in church this morning? Haven't we all met a weird, we've all met those weird Christians, right? They're not here today, let's talk about them, right? Have you ever met these people, weird Christians? You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about people that no matter what you ask them, their response is a Bible verse. Have you seen this? Have you met these people? Hey, how's it going today? Well, today is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh yeah, well, uh, I was gonna see what you wanted to do for um, lunch, you got any plans? Well, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Weirdo. Right? Like, I just wanted to know if you wanted Taco Bell. You know, that's all I wanted to know, right? We do weird things in church. Churches do weird things, this church does weird things. There are things that every single church does. Christians are used to it, but listen, if you're not in Christ, if you're not a Christian, you're not a church person, you see and hear this and you're like, wow, that's odd. Let me give you an example. Church is the only place, and this happens at every church, church is the only place where people can ask you to do something and you can say back to them, I'll pray about it, and it's socially responsible, right? It's acceptable. So, hey, do you want to do this? I'll pray about it. Would you like to be a part of this? I'll pray about it. Would you like to give this? I'll pray about it. But if you tried that on your boss tomorrow, hello? Hey, I want that report on my desk by Wednesday morning. I'll pray about it. Oh, you're going to be praying about where you were, but the fuck, Right? That's just, it's just different. And Jesus Christ makes a difference in people's lives. People who say yes to Jesus are not the same. Not perfect, but they are different. And Summit, I need us to feel the weight of this. You've heard the old saying that a lot of us are the only Bible people will ever read. That's exactly right. We represent Jesus to the world. And if our lives say something completely different than our words, then our words don't matter. So Jesus in us, it means first and foremost that we're not who he used to be. The second thing it means, it means he's not hidden. It means that Jesus is not hidden. Look at these verses right here. In Matthew chapter five, verse 14, it might be on the screen here. Matthew chapter five, verse 14 through 16, it says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Do you know what he just did? Jesus just completely removed from the table this idea that faith is a private matter. He just stripped that away from us. That, oh, you know what? I just don't tell people about my faith. Oh, well, you know what? It's just something that I do on Sunday. Oh, you know what? It's something that I never bring into conversation. Jesus says, no, you are the light of the world. And nobody has ever went and bought a lamp, plugged it in, screwed in the light bulb, and then put a trash can over it so the light doesn't go anywhere. What you do instead is you go and you buy the lamp, and you plug it in, and you screw in a light bulb, and you turn it on so the light fills the room. Jesus says that's us. Too many Christians are embarrassed about Jesus. Too many Christians are ashamed of Jesus. Too many Christians are silent about Jesus. And here's what the Bible says, because we just read Jesus. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Do you know why we're the light of the world? Because the world is dark. The world is a dark place. If you read the Bible, there's this constant theme of light and dark. And the idea that God wants us to get is that if you're not a Christian, then you are living in darkness, that your life is dark. That, that it's like being in a dark room and you're just feeling around for something. You're just feeling around for hope. You're feeling around for something to grab onto and you can't find it because you're dark. See, I don't want to talk about it. I'd rather show you. In fact, if we can get ready up there in the booth, you might need to tell somebody here in just a second. And listen, parents with young kids, I'm about to make it completely pitch black in this room. So if the dark if dark terrifies your children, then our church will pay for the counseling, Okay. But I want you to see this. I want you to see what Jesus means when he says that we're the light of the world because the world is dark. So go ahead and turn the lights completely off if we can, if they're up there. See, this is what Jesus means when he says that we are the light of the world because your friends are living in this kind of darkness. And in just a second, we're gonna turn the lights back on. But it's deeper for people who are without Christ because they are walking around and they're feeling and they're trying to grab on something to build their life on, trying to find hope and they can't find it. And Jesus says, this is what it's like without Christ. Absolute, total, complete darkness. But then he looks at Summit and he looks at every single Christian and he says, you are the light of the world. Do you know what light does to darkness? Here's what light does to darkness. In fact, if you've got a phone or you've got anything that gives some light, would you turn that on? Just hold it up in the air right now so we can see that. Just hold it up. And look at this. Do you see that? See, it was dark, and then Jesus says that light pierces the darkness. All of a sudden, you can see, can't you? All of a sudden, you can see which way to go. You can see which way to get out. It changes the scenario when we let our lights shine, and Jesus says this is how we need to live in eastern Kentucky. This is how we need to go to school and work and play, letting our light shine so that they can see Jesus. You can turn the lights back on. Now, who do you know that right now is living in darkness that needs you to let your light shine? You need to put a face on this because this is not some abstract concept. We are talking about people, and people don't need us to hide Jesus. People don't need us to cover him up. People need us to let the light of Jesus Christ inside of us Shine. So the best bait is Jesus in us, and it's Jesus in us, what that means is, one, we're not who we used to be. Two, we're not going to keep him hidden. We're going to let our light shine. And then third thing, last thing, probably the biggest thing, is that Jesus in us is marked by love. Jesus in you and me and in our church, he is marked by love. John 13, 34 through 35, I love these verses. Watch this. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Watch this, watch this. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. How will the world know that we are Jesus' people? Love. See, Jesus loved people, did you know that? Do you know that Jesus loved people? And Jesus did not wait for people to clean up before he started to love them. Jesus loved people as they were, no matter what the mess was in their life. And listen, Jesus Jesus called people out on sin. He never accepted sinful lifestyle. Jesus was never afraid to call sin, sin. But make no mistake about it, Jesus Christ loved people. Not perfect people, messy people, broken people, hurting people, lost people, like me and you. And love in Jesus' name will change the world. Love in Jesus' name, the kind of love that Jesus is talking about, the love that Christians can have, the love that we're supposed to show to the world so that people will know we are Jesus' people. Jesus says that kind of love can change the world. Love in Jesus' name will change the world, church. Not yelling at the world, not protesting the world, not picketing the world, not thinking we're better than the world, not pointing our finger at the world. Love in Jesus' name will change the world. And that's what we are called to do. Because hasn't love changed your life? If you're here today and you're a Christian, you are one because love changed your life. The love of Jesus Christ, it led him to leave heaven for you, led him to die for you, come back from the dead for you. You're completely forgiven. He refuses to give up on your life. You've got the promise of eternity with him. Why? One word, love. And that love is what the world needs. And love in Jesus' name can change the world oh, I'm convinced that if churches would just simply sell out to the idea that love in Jesus' name would change the world, we couldn't build enough church buildings to fill everybody that would come because people would be so attracted to that kind of love. See, the best bait is Jesus in you. So i got to ask us before I dismiss and let us go home. Is Jesus in you? Is he? Is Jesus transforming you into somebody that you know you wouldn't be apart from him? Or do you just go to church? Do you just believe in God? Are you just a Republican? Are you just a conservative? Are you just a part of a political party that you're trying to align Jesus in? Or is he making you into somebody that you absolutely wouldn't be, you absolutely couldn't be without Jesus Christ alive inside of you? Is he doing that to you teenagers? Moms, dads, is he doing that in your life? Grandparents, is he doing that in your life? Is Jesus Christ in you today? See, here's what I know, and I've said it all morning, and it'll become really clear over these next couple of weeks, I don't fish a lot. I'm not a fisherman. But you know one thing I know about fishing? I know that you don't accidentally do it. Nobody's ever accidentally found themselves at a lake with the pole in their hand and the boat in the water. You've got to intentionally get everything together, make the preparation and do it. you got to be intentional about it. And see, to be fishers of men, men and women who are making a difference in the world, you do not have to be perfect to do that. And praise God that that's true, because if any of us had to be perfect to be fishers of men, we'd all go home today. You don't have to be perfect, but you do have to be intentional. You do have to say, God, I'm going to leverage my life. I'm going to use my life. Here's my life so that you can make a difference through it. Say, Mark, man, I want to do that. I want to be a fisher of men. I want to live that kind of intentional life. How does it start? I'll tell you exactly how it starts. It starts with you and I simply being available to God. It starts with you and I just simply saying to God, God, my life's available. God, here I am. My life is available to you today for you to do anything you want through my life. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray in just a minute, and I'm going to ask every person in here to make a bold move. I'm going to ask every person in here that if you're here today and God has spoken into your life, and you're sitting there and you say, you know what, I want to be available for God. I want to be available for God to use me at my school, use me where I work, use me with my kids, use me with my spouse. I just want to be available for God to do whatever He wants in my life. I'm going to pray, and as soon as I say amen, if that's you today, I want you to stand up right there where you're at. Don't, don't you dare look around and think, what will people think about me? We are done living that kind of lifestyle. That life will always hold us back. But if you would say, you know what, God, I am not perfect, but I am available. I got issues, and I, got, I, I, I messed up this week, lost my temper, did some things I shouldn't have done, but I am available. going to pray. And as soon as I say amen, I want you to shoot up to your feet just to simply say to God, God, I am of aid. Jesus, right now, we just surrender. We just surrender all that we are. In moments like this, it doesn't matter how much money we make. And it doesn't matter how popular we might be. And it doesn't matter how in shape we might be. We are all right now open before you. God, your word tells us that right now you are searching every single heart and life that's in this room right now. There is nothing hidden in this room before you right now. And God, I pray that that we would, as a people, having heard your call, that God, you have saved us to be fishers of men, that people live in the darkness, light and love have changed our lives. How could we keep that to ourselves? So God, we today say that we are available, that we are not perfect, but God, here are our lives as an offering, because Jesus, we're available for you. Amen. Stand to your feet right now. If that's you, if that's your prayer, say, God, I'm available. Now, don't stand up if it's not your prayer. Don't do it just because a lot of people are. But if that's your prayer, God, I'm available. I want you to stand up right now. Just stand up right there where you're at. People are standing up all over this room. And whatever God is speaking in your life, whatever got you on your feet right now, I want you to to bow your heads right now. You just talk to God and put it in your own words. Jesus, I'm available. Jesus, I'm available. Jesus, I'm available for my kids because they don't know you. I'm available for my team because they don't know you. I'm available for my school. I am available today. And I just want to say it publicly. But maybe you're here and during this message, God has convicted you about something in your life that's maybe causing your light to be a little dim today. Maybe it's causing your light to be not as strong as it could be, and God's put his finger on something in your life, and he said, hey, listen, this is really causing your light to dim, and we need to deal, We need to do business about it today. You need to confess it, and you need to let this go. Let's, let's fight this today, because I want your light to shine bright. I don't want anything to get in the way that's you and you're standing or you're sitting and you're saying, Mark, God's brought something to my mind, something that's holding my light back and I need to confess it today. I need to let it go. Would you just raise your hand so I can pray for you right now? Just raise your hand. Mark, there's something in my life that I need to deal with God about. Hands are going up all over this room. Listen, here's what I want you to do. Listen, do not fight that battle alone. There are people here right now who love you. We love you. We want to pray with you. And if that's you today, you raised your hand or you didn't, but you say, listen, I got something in my life. It's causing my light not to be what it should be. I need to deal with this. Make your way out of your seat. Head to the back of the auditorium right now. There's counselors back there. There's people back there that just want to love you, pray with you, encourage you, tell you not to give up. Make your way out of there right now. Go. People are moving. You go. If you raise your hand, don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. You go to the back right now. There's people ready and waiting. Let's go. Let's go. People are moving. If you need to go, you go. You're already standing. Might as well go. I want my light to shine. I got to do business with God. We might need some more counselors back there in the back. If that's you, don't be afraid to go back there and help out. You go right now. You go right now. Say, God's put something, his finger on something in my life. I got to do business with God today. My light is not what it should be. You go to the back right now. You go to the back right now. You go to the back right now. Why are we going to have you go to the back? Because you don't need to fight it alone. Oh, you don't need to fight it alone. Because you're not alone got the church and nobody back there is going to gossip about anything, tell others about anything, it's just us wanting to love and encourage you today, now maybe you're here and you have never given your life to Jesus Christ say Mark I know Jesus is not in me, Mark I know he's not transforming me into somebody different and I want him to, I love that Nick came up to me this morning and said Mark I need to be saved and he got saved this morning And listen, you can do the same thing right now. Right now, in this room, you can give your life to Jesus Christ. In fact, if you're here today and you want to be saved, you want Jesus to save you. I'm going to pray a prayer, and these aren't magic words. I'm just trying to help you verbalize what God's doing in your life. But if you want to be saved today, I'm going to pray a prayer. and You just pray this right there where you're standing or sitting. You pray this to God right now. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me make me new. Help me to live for you from this moment forward. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. I give my life to you today, Jesus, for the first time. Amen. With no one looking around, no head, no, no eyes are open or anything like that, did you just pray that prayer? Listen, if you just prayed that prayer for Jesus to save you, I'm going to count to three. And as soon as I say three, I want you to raise your hand high up in the air so that I can see it and celebrate with you. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now if you ask Jesus Christ to save your life today. There's a hand right here. Here's another hand. Any other hands in the room, say, I need Jesus to save me. And it's going to happen today. Anyone Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? This is your moment. Don't let it pass by. Anyone else? Here's what I'm asking you to do. If you raised your hand today to give your life to Jesus Christ, would you slip out of your aisle right now make your way to the back? We've got a free Bible and a book we want to give you. You just go right now. You just go right now. And listen, people are moving right now. Why don't you go with them? Why don't you go? If you need to be saved today, you go right now. You make a move right now. Don't get in your car and wish you would have done it. You make a move right now if you prayed today to be saved. You go. God's at work. Let's give him some time. God, we are available today. That's where this starts. That's where fishing starts. That's where living a life on purpose and on mission starts with us being available. God, we're available. We as a church, we're available. God, would you break our hearts for every person in Hazard, Perry County, in eastern Kentucky that's living in darkness right now? Would you break our hearts for it? Cause us to weep. Cause us to lose sleep at night. That There are lost people here. That God, while we're here, there are people who are living their lives with no concern about you at all. Let it bother our church and make our church a place where it is safe for anyone, no matter what they've done and who they are to come, that it's okay to not be okay, but because the gospel is the power of God, it is not okay to stay that way, because Jesus we believe that you can change every person, no matter what their background, no matter what their bondage no matter what their issue, Jesus the gospel is greater than sin in our lives, so God would you break our hearts for what breaks your heart we are available to you, and all God's people said Amen. Summit, would you praise God for today? Would you praise God for today, man? That is awesome to see people make decisions for Christ. And here's what I'm going to ask us to do. If we could go ahead and get our lights up. Nobody leave here in just a second. Um, Listen, everybody, you've got a connection card. Listen, right now, would you just take a minute before you leave, if you could take that connection card on the back of that card, if you've got a prayer request, write that down so that we can pray for you. If you made a decision today and you didn't go to the back, then check that box that says, I gave my life to Christ. Don't leave today until you let someone know about the decision you made. Maybe you need to get baptized. Check that box on the back of the card or you want to serve. Listen, we want to love you and help you take the next step that God has got for you. Guys, listen, next week, I promise you do not want to miss next week. It's going to be one of the most practical sermons we've ever had in our church. Really helpful. Hey, listen, if you're not in a life group, life groups are on tonight. My group meets at 6 in the multipurpose room. Other groups, softball groups meeting. Guys, listen, take advantage of these opportunities. We love you. Church, you're dismissed. See you next week. Forgot one thing, guys. Real quick. Go ahead. If you are a middle or high school student, um, I want to personally invite you tonight to our grand opening event. Uh, It's at 145 Century Circles from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock. There's a lot of really cool stuff going on. Uh, I know we're giving away some awesome prizes. I think we're deep frying some stuff, so you definitely want to be there.